Owl Nation, stand up. What's up, Owl Nation? It is Tuesday, December 7th. We are back with another episode of Owl or Nothing Podcast. I'm Jay Teriano, joined by... We're getting on a roll here, Cubby. We're getting on a roll. We're, we're, we're starting to knock these out again. We're joined by Ken Sweet. <laughs> Ken, how are you? Doing great. Doing great there, GT. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a lull from Owl or Nothing, but I, I think we've, we're, we're, back. we're back on the horse, so to speak. Let's go. We are back. We had a busy weekend this past weekend. We did. We busy did. weekend. We had, yesterday was the men and women's track meet, the Art Kadish Elm City Challenge, which went really well. Went great. Big week great. for track and field, actually. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple records on Saturday up in Boston. Huge. The Bullet Train. The Bullet Train. Nigel Green. Nigel Green. Actually, was on the podcast. Any of your listeners want to go back and listen to that episode? It was a good one. He broke his own record in a Division II NCAA record in the 300-meter dash. All time. All time, right? NCAA Division II indoor record. What a stud. My man is fast. He is fast. Well, he's not called the bull train for nothing. Yep. And then we had on the women's side, Ella, Ella McLean. Ella McLean. Yep. Set a program record with the 300-meter dash. So it was a good weekend for track. Um, you know, we had a tough loss in basketball against LeMoyne. But uh, we got another game coming up tomorrow. Or today, actually. Tonight. Game tonight. St. Rose is in town. Looking forward to it. 5.30, tip. How do you think our guest feels about the College of St. Rose? Yeah, our guest today. Probably, uh, you know, they're a tough opponent. They're a tough opponent. Our guest today is Adam Cohen. Women's soccer head coach. And, of course, we're referencing the last two Northeast 10 Conference Championships, both against... That team we previously mentioned. Adam, welcome. Thank you. How you doing, Adam? Good. St. Rose just uh, won to advance to the semifinals in the, in the NCAA tournament. Great program. Respect them a ton. You kind of want that as a coach, though. I, I mean, the team that, that, that beats you, you want to make sure that they keep going. Yeah, I mean, they've had such a outstanding history, you know. Um, and they've done it for so many years up there. You know, to see them advance to another Final Four. It's good for the conference and good for the region, too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I agree, Ken. It's like, you know, you tip your cap. You say, hey, we lost to the champion, you know. It was a, it was a great run, though. You know, it started off, you beat Snow, 2-1. Then the Thriller in PKs versus Assumption. And then the 1-0 tough loss to St. Rose. Right, right. Especially after beating them, was it a couple weeks earlier up yeah, there, too? Yeah, it's a yeah, tough yeah. place to play. Very tough. They do they do a great job up there. Yeah, kind of. I remember talking to, to uh, uh, Chris Barker, the athletic director, um, and he said, "How did they do the last time?" And I went, "Kind of the exact same thing. <laughs> beat Stonehill, or you know that first round upset, and then and then uh, beat Stonehill, and and then uh, you're in the championship game." Yeah, it was really funny how the how the schedules fell. In 2019, we had to at least get a tie up at Stonehill in the final final game of the regular season mm-hmm. and with 30 seconds left to go we tied it up and that got us right. into the postseason and from there you know we took off um uh and similar this year you know we had to at least get the tie against stonehill in the final game of the regular season yep. so that you know we were able to you know get the point and move on um then we were on the way up to southern new hampshire yeah good old snow yeah 
You were with us the last time. I was last time. I was last time, yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. We had a couple yeah. opportunities in that game, I remember, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's right. Another good program. And that's one thing about the conference is there's, there's so many quality coaches and quality programs. It's really competitive every year. The parity in the, in the conference it really sets it apart. I, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a tough game every night. That's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a battle. So what would you say about your season overall? Well, I mean, you know, every year has a has, you know, kind of a story. Yeah. You know, this year, I mean, you've got, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, you don't know what this fall was going to be like. You know, you didn't know if we were going to be shut down. We were preparing for all different contingencies and everything else for this fall. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we started 1-5-1. and 0-3 in the conference, you know, through September. So we didn't get off to the start we wanted. And then the last week of September, we one of our non-conference opponents had to cancel because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had a week break there at the end of September. And, you know, I give the, 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 the student athletes and the coaching staff a tremendous amount of credit because we all adjusted based on what we had seen in September. And the kids came out flying in, in October. And from there on, it was something like seven, two and two going into, you know, going into the final, you know, to the, to the, um, any 10 championship game. So, um, you know, we had prepared so much for what COVID meant and we tried to predict what that meant psychologically for the, for the student athletes, but there was, we couldn't prepare or predict everything. Yeah. And one of the things that we found and you know, you know, through September is the concept of competing and having to compete in that moment and having to execute. They hadn't, the student athletes hadn't done that or the coaches, to be honest, hadn't been in that environment in almost two years. So there was a lot of stress and pressure during September at that, that last week of uh, September, we took our breath, you know, um, reevaluated, looked at things a little bit differently. And, um, and I think the results were there from, you know, October moving forward. You know, I think it's important, you, you know, like that return to competition. Yeah. And you're, you're trying to get back into a groove because I, I can speak from, from, from my area. And, and I think a lot of us yeah. on, on the administrative side, the support staff side mm-hmm. said the same thing. Like I, I was walking around three weeks in the season going, I forgot how to do my job. That's like, right. what, what, yep. are we, what are we doing here? Like, you know, it was, we were, we were walking around this place like zombies and it was yeah. like, yeah. We, we should be able to handle this. We've, we've had busier seasons than this, but yeah. we actually have never had a busy, as busy a season as, as this. So just the way the schedule falls. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just strange for everybody. Another unprecedented time. That's right. Yeah. yeah we were all in it together. You know, we were yeah. all experiencing some of the same things and to see this, the student athletes, uh, having to kind of work through that process of doing s- it's it's not that we hadn't trained in a year and a half or you know close to two two years it was the competition and having to execute in a stressful environment that yeah. was something that was new to them and I think you know all of us are you know experienced some of those same things in a different way yeah I mean but that's what you got to want out of your team you know ascending towards the playoffs you know that second month of the year that's right tip your cap there yeah, they did a great job. Yep. Very, very proud of them. JT actually strives and thrives, excuse me, thrives in mm. stressful situations. Like I've I, seen I him think do that. He, I think he welcomes it. Like, he's ready for it. Oh, he's very you. calm. A lot of game face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. thank you for that compliment. Yeah. Ice water in the veins. <laughs> so now, you know, you, you, you closed 
the chapter of the season. You look forward to next. Um, you know, are you lo- losing a lot of key contributors? We lose quality people, yeah. you know, and you, you, and, and leaders. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, Ali Smith is the first one that you know that comes to mind. You know, I mean, there's several, yeah. several of them I could mention. All of them. Ali Smith has been here, you know, um, for for seven years. You know, yeah, it's you been know, a long time. Yeah, I mean, she's you know came in, and I give the, you know, Kate Lynch and her her staff credit because she's the one that actually recruited them. You know, they, or the, she was the first coach. You know, yeah. Um, so she played basketball, and then she transitioned over to soccer after her basketball career. So we're gonna miss her leadership, and and um, um, you know, everybody else is graduating is is gonna be missed. It's amazing. What, what what I always found was special about Allie is you, you see you see the student athletes who will play field hockey in the fall, lacrosse in in, in the spring, or, or something along those lines. You, you know, they they play the sport at the same time. She finished one career and then started another one. That's right. And it's it, it's it's rare that that happens. You see it in a sport every once in a while, but usually after one career is over. And she she there's there's some overlap here. They both got going about the same time. Always one ended, the other one started. And I mean, talk about what she meant to this program when she came in. She has been a leader and she's been involved in so many different ways, not just in athletics, but around uh, the campus community. I think that, uh, you know, she was an extension of the coaching staff. She was an extension of the administration and what a tremendous ambassador for Southern Connecticut Owls. Um, uh, She's going to do wonderful things. She's all, she's already got a job lined up. And um, so, you know, very impressed with her. Very proud of her. Yeah, when you see a student athlete like that, like you, you just kind of there, there's there's a difference between an athlete where you can look at and go, wow, that person's going to be very successful in whatever they do. That's right. Yeah. You know, and and that's 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 really who she is. Yeah. Um, you know, I know from from just dealing with her, she's very down to earth, but extremely mat- and extremely mature. And it's let me know what you need, Ken. I'll I'll, I'll get it done for you. <laughs> and I, yeah. I know that the, you know she did, did a lot of work with SAC, which. Yep. Shout out to Allie Smith, yeah. former SAC president. Good luck in your future endeavors. She will be successful in whatever. And listen, we're all, you know, working with you two. You know, she, that's what you want to see. Yeah. You want to see them come in, you know, the student athletes arrive one way, grow during their time with us, and then when they graduate, they're ready to, 100%. You know, rest, yeah. you know, the rest of their life, you know, ready to take off. 100%. Yeah. So, Coach, where are you at right now? Are we out on the recruiting trails? You know, who do we have coming in? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're always recruiting. You know, there's really not a, um, you know, there's there's not too many breaks in recruiting in, in soccer. And, you know, the the timeline, COVID has uh, changed the timeline for recruiting so much in, in soccer. I'm sure lots of the other sports, too. I was speaking with, those, you know, some of the other coaches on staff here, and there's, they're all saying the same thing, you know. Um, you got to get the timing right. And it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit delayed uh, as compared to where it, it had been prior to the pandemic. So, you know, you're seeing, you know, you know, where you may have been recruiting sophomores and juniors. Now you're looking at juniors and seniors because people have to wait a little bit longer. And because of the, 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 the rosters all over the country or, you know, you know, you, you, you the student, the current student athletes in college, got their time here extended, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, you know, where there might have been turnover in previous years, there might have been turnover in the roster. There's not, them, that, not as much turnover. So now you're looking at being patient with the current high school student athletes to make sure that they get it right and make sure that we get it right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel a big responsibility uh, about that, by the way. 
I feel, um, I, I remember reading something maybe halfway through the pandemic uh, when, when, you know, people were starting to tr- figure out when things were going to get back to normal. And, and there was, I, I wish I could remember, I had referenced it. It sounds so much better if I could reference the article right now. But they said it could take up to five years yep. for this, this whole thing to get sorted out and get back yeah. to the way it was. And, and if you think about it, like, it's not just one group of students that's on pause or, or, or their journey is screwed up, basically. But, I mean, you're talking about every student athlete, really. Mm-hmm. And you were even looking at situations where, well, this kid now has an extra year of eligibility, but he just finishes the grade. Does he want to come back to get a master's That's or right. not? And you're left kind of hanging mm-hmm. <laughs> as a coach. Yep. You know, it, it's it's a good problem to have, I guess, because you have an experienced player. But at the same time, you know, you you want to you want to understand where where that kid's going to be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've got to, and it's a mutual decision. It's not just one, it's not just a student athlete, it's not just the coaching staff. It's both making, trying to make a decision together based ultimately on what's in the best interest of the student athlete, right? Um, and then you throw into the mixture what's in the best interest of the program and everything else, right? Because sometimes they want to come back and you want them to come back, but, you know, it's an, you know, it's an additional expense for them to come back another year. So you have to put all that in and try to help make the best decision for the student athlete and for the program. When I look at your program and um, I'm fortunate, I was fortunate enough to work a little closer with you during the pandemic. We, we divide up the sports and had uh, athletic administrators working directly with teams. I was, mm-hmm. I grabbed women's soccer as soon as I could and, and I landed with football as well. But uh, talk about your approach to the student athlete in putting your team together and in, in, in making your team successful mm. i i know the answer i i see what you do on a daily basis yeah. but 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 talk about your approach to either that single student athlete or the group in general well you know it's got to start with a fit you know so when you're looking at the recruiting process you know it's got to make sense academically for southern connecticut and we have such great academic programs here that you know it's it's uh, relatively easy to identify and when you're speaking with the student athletes, you know, do they have a s- specific area that they want to go into and does the program fit them, right? The other thing about Southern is we have such a wide range of academic programs that the perfect fit may at sometimes may be somebody that isn't quite ready to make a decision. They're a good student, but they're not quite ready to make a decision on what their their major is. That's important for them to know because now you can choose a, a university like Southern that has a wide range. So in their later in their freshman or their sophomore year, they, now they can start to identify exactly what major they want to go into. You know, and the, the other part, Ken, is we want a high character kid. We want a high character person. It makes a difference. It makes time. a huge difference, and you know, and that's the culture of the of, of the department, and that's the culture of the program. Um, you know, it it all it only really works if you have good people. I think a lot of coaches will say, "I want a kid who's coachable," and there's a difference between being a high character kid and being coachable. Mm-hmm. But when you're high character, there's a little more level of buying in, of of comprehension, and and buying into what the program's trying to get done. Buy in, buy in, and uh, trust. You know, you want student athletes and families that trust us, and we want to be able to trust them, and we work together. And you know, you mentioned the buy-in, so you're all working towards the same 
right. the same goals. So, yeah, I, I, it's not just about ability, is it? You know, it's um, it's got to be the right match for, for several different reasons. Yeah, and while we're on academics, just got to shout out your program, Academic Team of Champions last year. <laughs> Congratulations hey, on that. Hey, listen, um, I, I, I'm so proud of the team because they did that. Uh, look, there's a story behind that. I mentioned there's a story every season. There was 100%. a story in 2019. You know, when when the when when the team went to, to the to the final. There's a, there's a story this year when we went to the final. Um, there's a story of why did we why did the team win that academic award mm-hmm. during the pandemic? We had never the, the award is for the highest uh, GPA in the department for an entire year. Right. Why did it happen? Now we've had individual semesters that the, that the student athletes achieve the highest GPA, Mm -hmm. but we've never had the entire year. Why in our history did it happen during the pandemic? And I'm, I, I'm the staff and the student athletes spent so much time recreating structure during the pandemic. Right. So, um, you know, with with uh, Coach Lukowski's, you know, blessing, we had meetings every week. Uh, you know, mental well-being, um, academic meetings, starting in March of 2020, which is when we got sent home. We hit the ground yeah. running right away, and we and we sustained that for the entire pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at times it was a drag. You know, it's a drag. You know, it was a, it was a drag. I'm sure, and I'm sure the student athletes had you know sometimes had you know hard time getting on virtual meetings. Yeah. During the entire pandemic. But I think the fact that we stayed together and recreated structure for them had a direct line and a direct impact to their academic achievement during such a strange, unique time. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I jumped in one of those meetings during the pandemic and it was, it was about, that's right. That's right. It it was, it was about an issue that we don't have to discuss the issue or anything, but now that you mentioned that, there was 20-something student-athletes on that call, and there were 20-something student-athletes who wanted to get in my ear about something. And That's that, what you, you want, yeah. Usually you get on there. I mean, it got to a point where, where there's a lot of student-athletes, and every meeting that we go into now, there's cameras shut off, people log in, you don't hear from them the rest of the time, you know, they're, they're on the call, but... Everyone was 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 dialed in. I, yeah, I you you that. were you were a special guest. We had other special. Listen, I was getting advice from uh, Dr. Pinkerton and uh, and Chrissy Fuchs weekly, and they were in meetings with the with the student athletes. You know, with our team, um, we had alumni coming and do special programming for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 work. The credit goes to the student athletes for doing all the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the only ones that can get the grades to, to earn those high GPAs. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I was just so impressed with their willingness to do it for such a long period of time in such a strange time. And our, you know, our coaching staff, Chris Legates, uh, Mercy Kelly, Roland Joseph, everybody was so involved in trying to help. Um, we were doing the best we could. The very our 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 what we wanted to do the very best we could. We we knew what we couldn't do, but we were always thinking, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Getting advice from other coaches, getting getting experts to come in and speak with them. Um, so 
yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of what they what what they've done. Yeah. And, and to your point, they're they're high qual high character kids. If you don't have that element with your student athletes, that's where that that plan falls apart. Yeah, that's right. You may have alluded to it a little bit, but how important is mental health? You know, with your program and team. Uh the mental health, mental well being. Um, it's something that we're always aware of, and we're always learning about. Uh, I can't say that you know, I I I, I know I'm not an expert on it. Uh, I don't know that any of us are. We're just uh, so very aware of the different stresses that the student athletes are under. Um, you know, specific stressors that that you know maybe a general student. Um, may not uh, have in the same way, you know, the, 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 the time, whether it's the time, uh, the demands, the, f the physical demands mm -hmm. combined with the time. So they're, you know, physically exhausted and they've got to spend the extra time, um, you know, nutrition, when are they eating? How are they eating? You know, it all, it all goes into it. Um, you know, and the, you know, academically they want to achieve, uh, uh, at a very high rate, but, you know, uh, they're traveling with their team. They're, you know, they're getting up early in the morning to, to come to training sessions, uh, weight room, video, everything else. Um, you know, it can, it, can wear on, it, can, it can wear on them. So I think that they have unique and different stressors that we really have to be aware of. Isn't the student-athlete just an amazing thing? Like, yeah. we talk about it every single podcast, and I have the same conversation with anybody not – in athletics yeah it's just it's amazing what they go through on a daily basis i i you know what i i, I played at quinnipiac you know many you know, long, what long position time ago. did you play i was a goalkeeper you're a goalkeeper come on come on yeah, yeah. that's awesome um, I, knew, I knew that by the way yeah, i did uh, i didn't know that too but our listeners that. our listeners <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. might not have known yeah that. so um but what the, what our student athletes now do compared to what I did it's like it's like night and day you know the the amount of commitment they that they have to have now and the expectations placed on them and the demands placed on them um, so that's why it starts with who you were you know you, they have to make sure that this, this is what they want to do because it's a big commitment you know and you know you have different breaks throughout the course of the year but essentially it's year round for four plus years Right. And that's why, you know, you know, if you're an employer, you got to you got to put a, a former student athlete high on your list, you know, oh, because oh, yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. So time management organization, uh, be, you know, just two of the, the big me reasons to, to look into student athletes. Yeah. The ability yeah. to stick through something. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to have somebody that works hard. That's right. It's going to be competitive. That's yeah. right. Because it's not always easy. Right. You just got to keep grinding through it. That's right. Let's go back to the queue. We you referenced you referenced Quinnipiac. Yeah, let's let's yeah, do the yeah. let's do the Adam Adam Cohen story. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, I've been in Connecticut my whole life. You know, I grew up in Guilford, and um, uh, I went to Dean. It was Dean Junior College at the time for my for my freshman year in in, uh, in college, and then I transferred over to Quinnipiac for three years. Great time, great school, great experience. A lot of good friends from Quinnipiac. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um, Listen, Southern Connecticut was the mecca. You know, yeah. after I got out of, after I graduated from uh, Quinnipiac, I, you know, realized pretty quickly that I wanted to get into, into coaching. Where did you go? 
you, you, you came to Southern Connecticut to learn from the people that were here. You know, I mean, Bob DeCraney started the men's program, I believe it was 1968, right? Um, and I never played for Coach DeCranian um, on, on any teams, uh, but I did go to his camps growing up. So I was, you know, I was, I was familiar with Coach D. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took me under his wing, as he did for hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, but I came here to learn. I came here to learn, right? And one thing led to another. And, uh, you know, Coach Lang uh, offered me a position as, as one of his assistants. Uh, so I was with Coach Lang. He was, a, he, was a, he was a great mentor for me. And then the position of the, you know, the women's position opened up after Coach O'Brien left and went to, to Fairfield. So I think Coach O'Brien started the program in 1996. I remember the days when, when I was here, 2001 and 2002. Usually you're in, I'm in the press box. There's a yeah. score, there's a, the scoreboard operator in the press box, and that was about it then. Now yeah. now it's changed drastically. <laughs> but there was always Coach DeCraney and there was always Adam sitting right there, and, and the two of them never stopped talking about the game. I, I remember it vividly 20 years ago. You were constantly picking his brain. Picking oh, his I was brain. learning. I, oh, just, man, I, I do the same thing. Oh, my goodness. I could tell you. I mean, this could be many more podcasts. I just have learned so much from Coach DeCranian um, and still do to this day. I still talk to him all the time. He helps us here. Yeah, Is there one thing specifically that Coach taught you that, you, you know, you want well, to share? Um, there – that's a great question, JT. Yeah, you know, you like really, you know, you're really question. doing a good job today. Like that's one. Like, is there yeah. something that you, you know, you took from coach and you still oh, use boy. today? Um, I can never do it as well as him, um, and I don't know anybody that can. He has a very unique ability to um, identify the one thing in a game that will change the dynamic of the game. He okay. does that better than anybody that I've ever seen. He can watch a game and pick out the one thing that if the players make this adjustment for the second half, it'll dramatically change change the game. So I always aspire to do that, but I, I mean, I'll never, you know, I'll always be aspiring. <laughs> I'm never, never, never <laughs> achieving. You know, you know, a lot of people, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned his name because there aren't a lot of people that, that truly understand college athletics and they look at the D2, D1 difference, the difference between D1 and D2, and they assume D1 is better, which it is in most sports. Competitively, the difference between a D1 athlete and a D2 athlete. But for a very long time, D, there were a lot of D2 soccer programs, Southern Connecticut included, that were just as good as any Division One program in the country. D2 recruiting for, for soccer... 30 years ago was completely different from where it is now. And a lot of those programs were picking Southern, Southern Connecticut because of Bob DeCraney and because of the success they're having, because of how, how good those programs were and better than a lot of Division One programs. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here and a lot of other people wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bob DeCraney and Ray Reed. I mean, I don't, you know, I never coached with Ray, with Ray Reed, but... Um, no, and he he just retired, by the just way. Retired. Yeah, congrats, coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though I cannot say that I've worked directly with with him often, um, uh, he casts such a such a huge shadow here um, in such a positive way. Um, so Bob DeCranian, Ray Reed, Tom Lang, um, you know, and 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 the the programs that were created here and built. At Southern Connecticut, I, mean, I didn't play here. I played at Quinnipiac. Southern used to beat me, you know. I mean, uh, but I can. T- I mean, I get emotional talking about it just because 
of, of what Southern Connecticut soccer meant to the state. And yeah. you and you mentioned it, Ken. What they did, you know, the Bob DeCranian, uh, Ray Reed, the, the they changed soccer in the rest of the country. How recruiting was perceived, right? It was Southern Connecticut and a very small number of other uh, schools in the country that changed. And now, you know, if you look. To, I mean, to this day, if you look how recruiting is done at some of the biggest programs around the country, you can see those images of Southern yeah. Connecticut in the mirror in some of those pro- in, in lots of those programs sure. because they they were just so respected. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory coaching here, or a funny story that you like to tell the listeners? <laughs> That's a tough one too. Another good question. Uh, you know what? You know what? Uh, I will. <laughs> I will say this. I mean, I have the, yeah, there's lots of them. I, I want them. The people here are awesome. You know, I'm sitting here with with the, the two of you, and I just I love coming to work every day with you. And I mean, I you know being a pain in the neck, coming just knocking on your door, just saying hi and leaving. And you're like, why did you just come in? And yeah, just I, you know, I love the people. I will tell you that um, you know, Chris Lynn cut my hair, but shaved my head one time in the equipment room. It was. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was the only time in my life that I ever had my head shaved. He just said, hey, want, want me to shave your head? And I said, oh, okay. And he did it. And that so was a, lot it. Of, a lot of characters yeah. here. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters, a lot of good people, you know, and they're here for the right reason. They're Southern people, you know, whether where, no matter where we came from, you know, whether we, you know, started as Southern or, or were, were drawn to Southern for different reasons, there's so many good Southern people here right now. They care about the, the, the student athletes. That, listen, when I'm in a game, you know, I look and you're, you're watching the video after the game, right? And you see so many different things. You, you see people on the bench. You see different things that you didn't see during the game. Sometimes when I watch the video and we score a big goal to win the game, and I see Joe Hines celebrating, yeah, it just, like, and sometimes that goal is, you know, with two minutes left to go, and he thought he was going home, but now we're going into overtime, and he's still celebrating, you know. Right, like, you know, <laughs> right, right, you know, right, right. You know, it's just those things when you see that people really care. Yeah. It, 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 and, yeah, I, again, I could speak forever about that, but, yeah, a lot of good people here. Talk about the nicknames. I gotta, Everybody's I'm not going to have you on here. First That's of all, a good question. First yeah. of all, you were calling. I, I point this out to everybody. My nickname for when I started here a couple of years ago was Uncle Ken. Yeah. Now the irony like in that, that is that Adam is actually older than I am. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ken, sweet. Yeah. Well, it, listen. Here's the thing about nicknames. It's um, I think they're very important because it's a, f- a friendly. Um, it's a friendly way to to refer to somebody, right? You got to make sure you're they're okay with it. <laughs> So I asked you, I said, are, is, are you okay with Uncle Ken? And you, you kind of gave me a face. And you're like, yeah, well, you're older than me. So I've kind of steered away from the Uncle <laughs> I steered away from the Uncle Ken. Now I go with Sweets, right? I like that. Yeah. And and Jay, his nickname, you know, for most people have known him as Cubby. Right. Right? I I get that. I, yeah. I respect that. I, I like JT. You go with the initials. I, I, I like, like JT. JT. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. You kind of created that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, well, it's my initials, but yeah, I mean, listen. What's, what's, your, what's your favorite nickname that you've given to somebody? Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> you were throwing you, around coaching. Oh, you, you, you do this to all your student athletes yeah, too. They, they, everyone has, yeah, every everybody has a nickname. Um, I would say Coach Joseph T. Hines. 
and that's a nickname because his middle initial is not T. <laughs> that's one of my favorites too, Joseph D. Hine. So, yeah. Where did that come about? You're just like, I mean, it, it, it just, just fits. flows. It just flows. Fits. Just fits. Yeah. Okay. Just fits. Okay. <laughs> Does kind of fit nicely. I, I'll, I'll give you that one. That's that's great. <laughs> Are we ready for a little rapid fire? Yeah, let's get quick? into rapid fire. All right. All right, Adam, I'm going to ask you a simple question. First thing that comes to your mind. Favorite movie? Oh, um, it's a tough so, one. Listen to me. I got this. You know, I got like three. I hope Kelly Frasinelli listens to this because Waterworld. Really, Coach Kelly? Waterworld? Wow. That yeah. was that's great. Listen, that was the not second a, episode, by the way. It's, I've it's, never, I've never seen it, but it's not a bad. It's a Kevin Costner movie, it's right? A bad, okay, it's, it's a bad. Not, it's a bad movie. All right, I, you know, I would give it like a five point five out of ten. You know, it, but to say with that's your number one, I'm, I'm gonna have to speak with Coach Kelly about that. So I would go with the John Carpenter's The Thing, the 1982 Ooh. version. Wow! If you've never that's seen the, if you've never that's seen The Thing, if you've that, never seen The Thing, you gotta, that movie. Uh, was the first movie that gave me nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's a, yeah, that's the real deal. And, and I, it was before CGI, but the uh, the special effects were awesome. Oh my god! But if you like, watch it now, you laugh, right? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. No, it's not. No, no, no. I don't think so. I don't no, think so. It's no. um, okay. Yeah, it's out there, man. With the dogs and stuff. Yep. Yeah, the dogs. That's he, what that. I remember seeing. I was like seven or eight years old. It was on home. Bo- it was on home box office. Yeah, HBO. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> that's too young. The seven or eight to watch that movie is too young. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to watch it. I think. But you it, did, yeah. I think. I think the old. I think my father fell asleep on the couch and it yep. went on. Yep. Yeah. I ended yep. up just staying up and watching the thing, and yep. and then didn't sleep for like a month after yeah. that. All right, follow up. Yep. Just because we're in the holiday season, favorite Christmas movie. Oh, uh, uh, Christmas Story. Ah, yeah. That's a classic. Now, when the kids eating the mashed potatoes with his face and stuff, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Fragile, it must be a time. Oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. Favorite music artist? Van Halen. What's your favorite song? Oh, jeez. There's too many to say one, but if, if if I had to, if you had to nail me down, which yeah. you kind of are right now, yeah, I, am. I would go with Unchained. Unchained? Yeah. Ken, yep. during production, let's dub in some Unchained right now. Some oh, Unchained. listen, oh, please. <laughs> I've asked the players every year. I mean, they can play their own music prior to, you know, prior to the games. Uh, if they could just throw, you know... If they could just throw Unchained on there, you know, it'd be appreciated, right? Throw me and Coach Legates, you know, he would love it. Yeah. Did you Did you ever see Van Halen? Yeah, I saw them. Um, it was with uh, Sammy, not Dave. So yeah, I wish I had seen them with uh, with Dave. It's kind of an asterisk. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, in high school there was lots of there was lots of Sammy songs that I did did like, but it, but um, but Dave's the guy. What's one Dave's thing it? off your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Spent time in Asia. That's awesome. You I, mean, I, know, so I know there's so many different countries, but um, no, I don't have any specific plans to do that. But I just feel like the culture would be so much different than anything that I've experienced. I would love to experience that. That's awesome. Dinner party of four, mm. dead or alive, who are you inviting? Mm. I got to hedge a little bit on this one, and you might be upset with me. No, I'm not going to get upset with you, Coach. You there's, get upset with me sometimes. There's no there's no rules to this. There are no rules to this this question. You can hedge. All right. I'm okay I'm with gonna, it. I'm going to say this, and I'm not even going to say specific names. 
four any any four coaches from Southern. I like it. And the reason why I'm saying that is, I mean, you can start to picture in your head, you know, any any one of them. So many stories and so many perspectives and so many student athletes that they can talk about and so many championships. Can I even throw throw this in? Of course. F- former coaches. How would it be to have have Coach A B in there? Coach DeCranian, Ray Reed. Yeah. Sitting at the table. A lot of good stories. A lot of good stories. I mean you just sit back and, and take everything in. Yeah. Good answer. Different answer. answer. I like it, Coach. Way to be different. Last question. Wrap it all up. What's the owl way mean to you? Ooh, it is competing. Competing. And when we talk about competing, you're talking about athletically. Yeah. You're talking about academically. And you're talking about socially. And, you know, that's that's what our that's what our student athletes do. You know, I mean we we wanna the, the we've been in the, the, the any ten championship game two years in a row. You know, fell a little bit short. We wanna win, right? Yes, sir. Um you mentioned the academic success and how involved our, our student athletes are uh, socially on campus and off. And we keep trying to get better and learning. Thank you so much, coach. This Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great spring semester. Can't wait to see you on the pitch uh, next fall. You too. Owl or nothing podcast. We are out. Come down to the basketball game tomorrow night. Rate and subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tell them, Ken. Rate, subscribe, review. Rate, subscribe, review.